broadcasting live through Luda the Beacon and from beyond the grave, this is Wagdai Weekly, the show that covers everything about Wagdai, the interactive fantasy adventure that combines rich lore, role-playing mechanics, and a community of creators that bring the Forsaken Lands to life in an immersive game where there is only one constant. We are all going to die. I'm your host, the deceased King Offling, along with Beef This Week, uh, this is episode 34. How are we doing, homie? What's up? How are you? I'm good. Uh, I, afterlife is treating me well. Um, you know, it. Oh, yeah. I forgot you're I'm dead. dead but <laughs> yeah, that's just the way things go. Uh, <clears throat> but, you know, through the, through the magic of Loot of the Beacon uh, from, from Beyond the Grave, I can, I can speak with you all here today now. So th- thanks, everybody who came to my funeral. Um, and uh, this week we're going to do uh, a, a little recap of that. And then uh, we've got uh, some big You Will Not Survive news and updates that you are here for. Um, for those of you unfamiliar with one Mr. Beef, uh, you are dev on our Wagdai video game, indie game. Um, yeah, do I don't know. You want to introduce yourself? or? yeah. I mean, I'll enter myself to anybody here who doesn't know. Um, I'm Beef. Uh, I am 40% of the 100%, which is 60% Rama uh, of the You Will Not Survive team. I'm kind of the, I guess, game director. Rama is our lead developer, lead programmer. Um, and then we have artists and also a composer who are, you know, being paid via, you know, just... They're not full-time like me and Rama are. Uh, before this, I was on Etherworks as an employee for about eight months, and I ran that game, uh, that game direction, game design. And before that, I worked in games at Polygon and Kotaku, uh, just you know, some video editing stuff and uh, games journalism. So, yeah, now I'm here working on this little indie game, my first web two indie game surprisingly go, enough. go 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 full circle through web three to get back to web two that's how the that's how all the cool kids that's all the big brands do it anyway those these big web three projects do that anyway right we go full circle yeah i'm, I'm taking the doodles it's the right, doodles right, right right you started with web three and then you're just like oh wait this is horrible let's go back <laughs> yeah um cool so uh i know everybody wants to get into the you will not survive update stuff but i would be remiss if i weren't talking about myself uh, and the uh, <laughs> uh, very fun uh, uh, funeral event that we had last week. I just wanted to give a quick update because uh, I, I know not everybody got to experience it first firsthand, uh, and it was uh, quite a, a, a fun thing. Poof, welcome up. Good to have you, dude. Hey. Uh, p- poof. Hey. <laughs> Were you able to catch the, the funeral this week? me yeah good that's great <laughs> all right um uh I, I guess i'll give i'll give a quick rundown real real quick so we can get to the to the juicy meat of it but uh yeah my king offling is dead is burned we burned that token um uh for those of you who weren't familiar with the like mechanics of the whole thing uh early in the week i released a what i'll call a coffin contract um that held the king offling token um, it had a single function in it that allowed people, anybody could burn the token, um, but it had to be at a specific set time. 
um, or after, and uh, it also was able to hold um, the mushroom tokens. And uh, when King Offling burned, uh, it basically activated all of the mushrooms that uh, were in that coffin that had been sent there. People could send um, their mushrooms to the to the coffin contract throughout the week. Uh, and then uh, when it finally went off, um, it, there were 108 mushrooms in there. Uh, so if you recently noticed that one of your wag die uh, is suddenly sporified, uh, this might be the explanation as to why uh, 100 over 100 new characters have uh, been infected with the, the mushrooms due to the event. Um, all run uh, community run stuff, community organized um, uh, injections. There, uh, nothing, nothing, you know, official. No, no. Uh, uh, ordainment required to execute any of this, which is really fun. Um, I want to give a thanks to Merlin for, for uh, throwing me a loving eulogy uh, where he listed all of my faults and flaws. Um, that was great. Um, and then uh, just quickly going over, there were a few like really notable victims of the spread. If you currently go to spores.wagdieworld, um, you can get a full list of all of the characters that have been infected, as well as details on when and who infected them. Um, and so going combing through the data to see the aftermath of the funeral, um, there's a bunch of really notable wag dies that actually got hit. Um, so one of the first ones, I, I want to say rest in peace, young surf. Uh, he has been officially like his main token uh, got hit in the spread from the, from the funeral. Um, uh, same with uh, uh, Don't Feed the Wolves. Uh, Gunther got uh, hit by the spread. Um, a very interesting one uh, was the uh, big, if you guys remember way back when the Darkblade Guild had uh, this like LARP for the soul of the imposter. Um, that token, although it was burned, is the mushrooms have burst from its corpse. <laughs> um, and uh, reaching as far and deep and obscured uh, as the inner chamber of Mount Turlo itself, uh, one of the four that are locked away inside next to Yuria's heart are officially uh, sporified. So um, that's... Oh, shit. Was it mine? No, I think it was... I have I one. Oh. Um, but uh, yeah, like that's... Uh, like lore-wise, that has some implications. <laughs> I don't know what that means for, for the potential of it infecting Yuria um, or... or you know, or, or the rest of the, in, in the chamber of the Turlo, but um, hey, there you go. Um, so yeah, for those who didn't get to uh, check out the event, the Spaces audio is all available, as well as if you go to funeral.kingoffling.com, there is um, all of the videos and uh, you won't get a, you know, there was a, like a live sort of like, I'll call it a slideshow mechanic at the same time, but you won't be able to see that anymore, but uh, there's other stuff there. Um, and then do use and check out spores.wagdie.world. Um, the, the plague is being tracked and those who are responsible for infecting are being chronicled by these creepy plague doctors. Um, but enough about that. Let's get into what we're really here for. Big You Will Not Survive update news. Um, you just posted a video, like, yesterday, was it? Um I posted it at three o'clock today. Jesus, time moves. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, crazy, right? Uh, but okay, so I, I checked it out. It, it's um, it really starting to look like a poly, like a, an actual game. Not to diminish your previous uh, showings, but 
Um, you know, it's, it, it's starting to look like a, like a real thing. Um, first, I guess, how are you feeling about it at this stage? And like, we'll go over like all of the new UI stuff and sounds and stuff piece by piece, but how, how are you and, and how is role um, handling at this stage of development? I think right now, so I think we kind of went through our, um, what the fuck are we phase in February, um, kind of, we decided, um, we couldn't just be a vampire survivor clone. We needed our own unique mechanics. We needed our own, uh, unique style of gameplay. And if you, if you're like a avid indie gamer and you're on steam, you'll notice like the survivor clones as a whole have kind of like slowed to a stop. So what happened was we were, I started just kind of pitching a small, like, I guess I would call them uh, mechanics. So one is like this polarity mechanic that we borrow from this shmup named Ikaruga. And then that kind of started spiraling and taking more shape in like how we wanted to design the game and how we wanted players to feel. So, right. Um, basically, when you're designing a game, you kind of want to come at it from uh, your initial ideas, like, how do I want people to feel while they're playing this game? And one issue, and like, I love Vampire Survivors, I love Survivor Likes, a major issue I have with uh, that game is like, and this is me saying this after 60 hours, is I find the game to be uh, boring after a while. Um, yeah. Oh, my mic is blown. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, no, you're you're good. I can, we can hear. No, we you. can hear you. Okay. Shit. Wait, oh, wait, hold on. I have one comment in question. Only sixty hours of Vampire Survivor. I didn't do the egg farming, and they've already patched that in the last, wow. the last DLC. I've beaten all the DLCs, um, but I'll agree with you hundred yeah, percent. Like, I would say, yeah. Well, it, it gets, I was it, just going to chime in, like... Go on. Well, they had, like, the big unlock was they accessed, like, a new level of uh, instant gratification. Uh, yeah. Impulse control, like, shit. That made it very hard to stop playing. But, like, obviously that couldn't last forever. So it lasted, like, a really long time. Relative. No, to totally. Type things, but, yeah. It's like a four-hour wall. Yeah. I played like 200 hours, but it was like a 50 hour wall for sure. Yeah, but you're but you're a you're a gold egg farmer, and that's like a whole other meta game within that game, and and it's like impressive that yeah. they created a meta game within their existing framework, right? Which I don't think they even intended to do, because you can tell it's not intentional by how it breaks their game framework. Um, but what I guess I was getting at is like the way like I really enjoy early game economics, so like I. I love, um, you know, I, I play a lot of like Total War games and I love like the first 50 turns and I love the first 10 minutes of Vampire Survivors, right? It's like, that's where the stakes are the highest, where your choices are the most important and where you have the most, uh, I wouldn't call it anxiety, but you feel like your senses are heightened and kind of what a lot of games experience and like, is it, I like to call it like it, it's kind of like how capital late stage capitalism it's it's a lot like that where like the 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 economics of the game state sort of start to get boring and dystopian in a way. So 
what we wanted, what we were kind of thinking of throughout, you know, designing and like redesigning our mechanics was like, okay, what made us get a little bored with vampire survivors? And that was like, you know, um, there wasn't a lot to do after the 10 minute mark. It felt like, okay, I'm kind of just standing in place. I kind of have all my weapons. There's like this big meta game. So you can't really even play or beat the game until you like grind, which we didn't really love. And then, there was like, I wanted to have more impactful decisions in like, you know, the later stages of the game. I also wanted to create, and this is like, you know, you can see it in like the little game design choices we made. Like you want to, when you're, when we were looking at designing, we were like, how do we make people play in a certain way? Right. And that's like, what we were trying to do with like the scoring ranking rating mechanic. Right. So it's, if you see in any of these gameplay clips I posted, um, you will, after you finish a wave, you get rated based on how you accomplish that wave, mm -hmm. uh, how fast you defeated the enemies, how many enemies you defeated. And we're going to add and play with different mechanics in this. Like, so, it, and I'm borrowing a lot from like, um, Devil May Cry here, uh, Bayonetta, um, this, these games really what they do of like a scoring system and what makes the scoring system important is like you push the player to play a certain way and to create these like moments of gratification into like you create replayability. So it was, it, it was within those small constructs and our structure that we were really thinking about how can we differentiate ourselves? Yes. But how can we make something, I don't want to say better because I love, like, Vampire Survivors is one of my favorite games, but, like, how, how do I make something that I would want to play more? And that's kind of how we've approached, like, the mechanics of it. Um, so you'll see, like, if you even look at, like, one wave, right, it's like, okay, you have, like, the enemies charging at you. Um, and we intro the player very, you know, softly to the mechanics and the wave doesn't start until like you read the tutorial in front of you, but like it's, you, you have the WASAD movement, but then it's like, Oh, I'm actually in control of my weapons. So that's also a huge thing, right? It's like your left click is your main weapon. And then you see like the character is attacking and destroying these purple, the, we, the serpent goblins. Uh, so like purple is serpent, gold is Agora. Um, and then they finish up the round in like, 20 to 30 seconds and then the next wave starts after that and then you get your and when that wave ends you get a new weapon and but you're also in control of that so now i'm like i have all this player control it's a twin stick shooter i have limited like weapon slots and in that regard we're kind of like engaging with mechanics like enter the gungeon which is probably uh in my opinion the best indie 2d game ever made um also bullet hell but like players now have to be like oh now i have to think more actively about what i'm doing how i'm engaging with the game state um and i have to be and i i i think what at the core of it what i was getting to here was i want the player to be more in control and to have more uh of a say about what was going on in the game state. 
Right. So, I mean, like looking at the at the preview video that you posted, uh, I mean, let's like control wise. Now we can clearly see like you've you've decided on a primary attack with the left click, a, a secondary sort of attack with the right click. You still have an auto attack yeah. and then uh, an ultimate. Is that what the cue is? Yes. So that's we haven't um, those. So right now it's a temp weapon for the ultimate. Uh, that weapon that's actually that lightning bolt will actually be. Uh, so I call them uh, main hand, secondary, defensive, ultimate. Uh, main hand and secondary are interchangeable. So those are your like direct control weapons that you aim and you shoot. Uh, when we get to controller, controller there'll be triggers. And then uh, the defensive weapon is the auto. So that yeah, like all and all the weapons are on a cooldown. And then the ultimate ability. So this is another thing where I'm like thinking about like bigger loops, right? And the ultimate ability, you know, it will be like each of the 17 has um, an ultimate ability. So like you call upon Uria, right? The we're we're deciding on like what the move is, but it, but if you've ever played like a shmup, like an old school shmup, you've seen like a bomb, and when a bomb goes off, or like a Star Fox 64, any of those games where like you can shoot out and you have like a very limited amount and it will explode and it will destroy a lot of enemies or do a lot of damage and it will change the game state, right? So it's kind of, it's like a limit break in like a RPG. Um, but what, how you'll charge this and it will act differently than, you know, your other weapons, which have like a set cooldown that you can upgrade through level ups. Uh, this will be more when you engage with the polarity system. So, uh, <laughs> sorry. Uh, when you are absorbing enemy bullets, which you're going to be able to do by like switching between Agora and the serpent. So if you're the serpent, you're purple, right? And you get shot with a purple bull bullet, you'll absorb that bullet into you and you'll gain that energy and it will charge your ultimate ability. And then you can, so it, it's creating another way for the player to engage with the game state to get more power and to, you know, do like these crazy like level clearing abilities that, you know, feed back into, you know, then you can start playing with like deeper RPG mechanics. Like if Yuria's ultimate burns the entire stage and all the enemies are inflicted with burn, which is a status effect in our game, can you get an item through leveling up as a, like the RPG game that like increases your burn damage? So now it's like, oh, if I level up my burn, ability uh now my ultimate attack is like even better and more powerful and then i can also get you know yuri's gift which allows me to shoot fireballs and light enemies on fire so it becomes like this really huge positive feedback loop right because you're powering up exactly how you want to power up and like getting stronger in like different ways but the way to have more options is to grade better on the waves. So if you play better in the waves, you'll have more options when you're picking new weapons and upgrades. And then those feed back into, you know, like how you want to play the game. So it's all about player choice and then also uh, pushing the player to play the intended way. The One of the things that I really like about the that uh, ultimate mechanic is that it, it's uh, enticing to the risk reward, right? Like if... 
like i mean the the preview video you showed it's it's relatively straightforward like here's a batch of uh, purple bullets you know it'd be relatively easy to go and like absorb them but when you start getting into like more complex patterns and stuff and it's like oh i really want to charge my ultimate ab ability quickly am i going to like switch polarity and like intentionally walk into the way of these bullets rather than dodging them as a means of like getting that juice faster um you know and if you don't handle the polarity right then yeah you get hurt uh, i like that uh, conceptually quite a lot um one of the things that I, i'm curious about with that um the stacking of power is you know, like uh, in in uh, the example that you've given, it's it's like okay, I want to charge up Uria's uh, uh, ultimate, and then I want to use the Uria buff, and then I want to use the Uria weapon to maximize my fire damage. Um, are you thinking? Of, uh, are are you looking more into that? Like, here are you know seventeen distinct paths, or or sort of like build archetypes to flow down. Or are we going to be looking at more of a mix and match and experiment and find weird combinations? So in an ideal state, and I don't want to put words or actions into Mirama, you know what I mean? Because like when you start creating like, oh, you can burn the ice and it creates frost burn, which is like a new status, like it causes the ice to explode, right. you know what I mean? <laughs> Right, so it's exponentially you, more complicated. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't want to, like, yeah, is that fucking cool? Yeah, it's fucking cool, and it and it and it creates different playstyles, right? But there are going to be mechanics that are inherently doing that. So it's like, if um, oh man, let me pull up my balance sheet. Uh, so there's like a status effect called curse that we're going to have in the game, and curse is tied to wormlord, cool, and the serpent. And curse is uh, it's also tied to like the decrepits. It's tied to the, the treaty. It, it's it's essentially like a dark magic, a dark status effect. Um, but what curse does, and when an enemy is inflicted by it, they receive more direct damage. Now, as a player, you can be like, oh, I could now I can start playing around with different concepts, right? And combining status like enemies inflicted with multiple status effects together without like creating new status effects and like crazy systems. Because, like, if the enemy state has curse, but I'm also, you know, I am picking, like, a straight DPS loot of the striver, you know, weapon, like, can I can kind of combine those two and create, like, a wombo combo? Like, now I'm, like, maximizing my DPS by cursing and then, you know, doing straight up like raw damage over status effect damage. And I've kind of created, like, a little form. And we're, we have to see how this all works out, but I've, like, created uh, our own custom little formula to like kind of you know i we have weapons that are really slow and insanely powerful like we have this giant electricity beam uh from the artificial god uh and it shocks you and it shocks the enemy and it does a shit ton of damage but it takes forever to charge right so it's like the cooldown is massive it's five seconds that you're sitting there without being able to shoot you know your weapon off but do you take that over you know like luda so like um over a striver class like a luda weapon uh, the pilgrim's weak blade which is like faster you know stabbing attack so there's all these choices and play style to make that 
you're going to have to kind of figure out on the fly and like, you know, is this okay or is this more okay? Cause like, I, I, I want the, I want experimentation one, but I also want like the player to feel like they're in control and they're cheating the game almost. Like I want you to feel so fucking cool when you're like, Oh man. And like, I've poisoned all the enemies, but I'm also, you know, blasting them with electricity and shocking them. And I feel like this is a cheat code for like how to do well. But then I also want to have the game be so difficult that you're just like, I need to be that powerful and over to overcome the obstacles in front of me. Right. Yeah. I mean, and, and the, I mean, the fun thing about the genre and the setup that you've got also is that, it's not like, you know, I've got this one build and like, I'm going to use it every time. Right. It's, there's so much randomization in what you get that like, you have to like deal with the experience. You're not going to get the, you know, the, the Uria ultimate and the Uria weapon and the Uria buff every single, you know, opportunity, every game. So you're going to have to learn how to mix and match and play with new things, I guess. Well, that's uh, also what makes the, the wave system and the structure more interesting is we you as a player and there's a lot to be said in the discourse around like skill trees and player choice and how do you make a choice impactful right and it's like a lot of game developers have issues with that and i think it's by limiting choice ultimately right so like if we take vampire survivors for example it's like you can level up 250 times and you can get every power up and you can be totally maxed out well, by limiting the amount of enemies and waves that happen and how many power-ups you, you get, you as a player kind of have to, like, roll with the punches in a way. Like, you have to make the best choice that you can before you hit the boss. You can't just wait or you're just going to get destroyed. So you have to be like, well, this is what I got and this is what I'm rolling with. I need to spec into this on this run. And that's kind of like the beauty of roguelites, right? Because because they push you in these different directions, right? One, I mean, so you talked a little bit about the RPG mechanic of it, but like, is this your, um, you know, I, I think good roguelikes always have that one mechanic to them where even if you suck, like you, if you just keep playing, like you'll you'll slowly gain enough XP to get an edge or. Or something like that. Are we looking at that with this RPG system, or like how how do you see that playing out? Uh, I'm actually going. We're going to go more purist, right? So it's like you don't unlock straight up power. Uh, you unlock more variety, and maybe within that variety, you find something that really clicks for you. Because like really, when you get better, like like Slay the Spire, right? Like you never get your cards don't get more powerful. You just get more in different varied cards. And you learn the game. So that's how you actually get better. Um, we're going more that route. More of the unlockables. Like, so I can unlock more weapons, more variety, more passive items, more character classes. And then you as a player will, you know, you get better by trying trial and error. And then like, right. it's kind of that driving. The carrot on the stick is like, Ah, I want to start as a Uria class. Like, I want to start as, like, uh, what did I call it? Turlo. Well, yeah, Turlo, but I'm calling it, like, uh, like I want to start as a scholar of Uria. And okay. it's because I want to start with Uria's gift, which allows me to start shooting fireballs around the bat. So that, that 
and then you know we're kind of we are going to kind of uh copy vampire survivors like uh item drop formula which you know every item has a weight and the player has like luck but you're more likely to get items that your player your character is aligned with right so it's like each item sits in a different group and like you're more likely to get an item from that group or the same item over again so you can power it up so those options are all there and they exist that's really cool what i mean the uh with the freedom of that system then you can also like reward players who take less control right like if if i want to add even greater randomization and ha and throw less weight into the things like give me some sort of like minor damage buff or speed buff or whatever like that kind of system can be very flexible so i think it's a good direction for it um one thing i want to talk about though is that goblin boss <laughs> that was shown off in the uh preview video like you'd previously mentioned you were going to have cool uh bosses that have you know they're not just like vampire survivor where they're you know big guys that walk towards you um right and we saw some of that with the preview demo um with the the, the you know the fireball arcs and everything but um this has a lot of like little uh character controller driven um you know action tree um uh, moves right he's jumping here he's doing the the swing down this happens that happens walk me through the design process for your boss uh, your bosses and you know how do you plan on like creating enough variety in them and all all of that like what's your what's your plan for the for the bosses so we have so the goblins not really been a boss that's like a mini boss to us uh, <laughs> so mini bosses will have it like gets unique weird. mechanics goblin no <laughs> no so like mini bosses will have like one or two moves uh and they'll have tells right so what's really important with enemies in any game in any kind of game right action wise is the enemy has a tell so the goblin giggles at you uh before he charges you and, and makes that big like those big splash damage effects um so what i mean I guess I'll, I'll leak a little bit of this, but like you'll be fighting uh, some members of the 17 uh, in very large scale battles. Uh, we're working on a sprite, a uh, full body, well, I guess it's half body of one of the 17 right now uh, that will dwarf the player <laughs> in size. But like that kind of construct, like we'll look at, you know, schmucks, bullet hells, and, um, you know, other action roguelites where it's like the enemies have, you know, they, they go, they have phases and they also uh, have patterns. So it's like the enemy will start the fight and they'll kind of do a tell. So like it will move or like grimace a certain way or flash or like the hands will move in a certain way and like a certain wave of bullets will head towards the player. And then like after that move finishes, uh, like maybe, a sound effect will happen and the hand will come down, you know, and then like after the player defeats burns through that phase of the boss, uh, you'll have a damaged version of that sprite. And then like the second phase will start in the music in like the way we're doing the music in the game and the sound design. Um, it's going to be like these layered tracks that as the game grows more intense, right. As you move through different phases, the music grows more intense. 
the the music that's in the previews that I posted uh, today is actually those are our first two tracks. Uh, it's the same track, but it's like we're doing layering, right? So it's like when you're just fighting normal enemies, it's like the base layer. And then when you're fighting a mini boss, we call it the mini boss layer, but it's like, you know, you get like more epic vocals going on, more choiry stuff. And then, you know, when you hit the final boss of that level, it's like it'll, the, the intensity will like ratchet up. And then if that boss has a second phase, it will go even one step higher. Uh, but, you know, I look at like these final boss set pieces as like almost their entire, their own levels of like of themselves that will take the player, you know, two to three minutes to complete just like one boss. And then, yeah, like many bosses will have like, right now we're designing uh, this one mini boss. He is, he has a gravestone strapped to his back and this giant spiked helm, but he's carrying like a bell and a shovel. So <laughs> one of his attacks is like, he has like, he's going to have like a melee attack where he swings the shovel at the player and then he's also going to have one where he rings his bell and like homing like missiles will come out and chase the player. Uh, and it will also have like a ring damage effect, which will like push out from that enemy. And that's only, that will be like a mini boss. And then maybe we'll make like little smaller ones throughout like levels. Maybe you'll fight four at a time, but yeah, that's kind of, I look at like, you know, base enemies will have like one kind of like simple AI. Uh, mini bosses will have, you know, two to four motions with tells, and then full bosses will have like six moves per phase. Yeah, that's sounding really good. Um, like, yeah, uh, and I mean, so in the in the mobs, the the basic enemies, like we're not looking at a lot of like mechanical variants with them. It's it, most of the mechanical variance is going to be through the mini bosses and and the jumbo bosses. Yeah, um, so it will be a lot of you know enemy. So taking enemies and then mixing them up. So it's like eventually it's like okay, the goblins, right? Super simple. They run towards you. The skeletons shoot at you, and then it's like, and then you bring in another enemy type that has like a different bullet pattern. So now it's like, okay, and then you can bring in like a turret, and then we also have like a turret type enemy. So already at that point, all right, so we have four enemy types, and it's like, instead of being like, okay, how can we overcome? Because you don't want to overcomplicate a mod, especially when there's so many of them, because that would make, at least to me, in like my thought process is like that becomes too unpredictable for the player because there's so much going on on screen. So you kind of create these like, okay, I know what this enemy does and I know how to beat it, especially when there's 50 of them. Bosses, you can start playing with like the player because there's one of two bosses and you know, you can have like an AI that's randomizing between attack patterns. That's really fun. Uh, I think you're getting everybody like super duper excited to play the game now. Uh, so uh, when? <laughs> next steps, next steps. When? Okay. when? So let's get into marketing and testing and all yeah, that, yeah. right? Yeah, we got we got fun things. Okay. So we are... So in the short term, we want to move into our initial testing phase. Uh, we're not going to even call this like an alpha or beta. It's it's none, none of those. This is literally just like us testing the uh, combat gameplay loop. It will be 
with uh, WAGDI members. Well, you know, was we'll just push the link out. I don't give a shit if you share it. Uh, it's not a full game. Um, I'm also going to be bringing in some people that I like. Tr- I've met and trust their opinions on games. Um, and what we're going to do is, you know, after everybody's like kind of played it, and I've seen some feedback from people, and we have a survey. Um, and I don't want to put a hard date on it, but like we're hoping, like you know, the game structure is like there enough where we could push out like a new build sooner rather than later. Um, of just the level in the combat with like 10 to 20, you know, waves that people can try out and try out different like weapons. Um, so I want to do that, get the survey out. And then I want to kind of create like almost a focus group of people that I like find that, you know, get like, they get it. Cause like <laughs> what I saw when we were doing ether testing was like, you know, some people are like, oh, it's good. And that's their only comment. And it's like, okay, but that doesn't help with testing, right? You're like, you need people who are like, oh, I found this bug. Oh, I broke it. Oh, like, you know, what do you, what do you think about that? Like, I didn't understand this. And it's like, that's the kind of feedback you really want. So I'm kind of looking to find like a group, like that group of people and then kind of keeping them in, you know, the builds as they come out in like, as like kind of like our testing group. Um, so that's kind of like what I see for our short term uh, is, is start getting that feedback. Midterm, um, you know, we still have to do our menu system. Uh, we need more, you know, I just talked about two enemy concepts. We need more enemies and bosses and we have about five to 10 now probably like 10 to 20 weapons and items that we want to add to the game. So that's kind of like our mid. So like this testing will be going on and we'll be adding all these new things to the game in May. And then June, we're looking at getting our Steam page up uh, and then also releasing our Steam page with a demo. The demo will be uh, the tutorial level, which consists of 20 waves and a boss. And then story level one, which will tell the story of the first night of the bonfire uh, with like a full boss battle at the end. Uh, And we want to get there by the end of June. Um, So yeah, those are our current goals for the next couple months. Make this shit real, get out of web three, get out of just the discord and like get into the real world and get real people playing it. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, I've also, you know, I've been doing some more research on what makes a Steam game successful. And I think we kind of talked about this like way back. Um, Twitter ain't it, guys. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, Twitter does not get you game sales. It's actually kind of crazy. I'll post like all these uh, things I found. Uh, but, so basically when we, wa- when we launched the Steam page, it's all about getting these things called wish lists. Uh, so on Steam, you can wish list a game. Uh, that push, pushes you into the algorithm. You can think about it like it's kind of like a like on any other social media platform. But the reason we want to like kind of launch a Steam page with a demo is then we can get into these things called like uh, Steam Summer Fests and Steam. Uh, they're basically just like demo fests where people can just like you get kind of pushed out there. People can play your demo. You get we kind of want to start generating wish list build up and we want to get to you know the dream number is seven thousand uh insanely hard to get seven thousand wish lists uh 
it's not going to come from web three people. Uh, so we got to, you know, it's going to be the steam, uh, festival people. It's going to be the TikTok that I started that I need to ramp up more. Um, we're going to start reaching out to streamers. I also started to Reddit for the game, which, you know, I want to keep all this stuff and I'm not like, and I want, I want to keep it all very web two. I don't, I want it to be, uh, the game to be the concentration, not the NFT project. Because right. at the end of the day, this isn't this is not an NFT game. This isn't a Web three game. It's not a crypto game. We want to be seen as a Web two game. Which is, I mean, I and I think I can say, uh, you know, I'll, I'll I'll take the jump to say, like, as a as a community here, like, we're we're all down with the NFTs, and that's cool. But like, we're going to be cross pollinating with a lot of Web two players who really, really do not like. The NFT stuff at all. So, like, as much as it might seem like they might be like, you know, really interested in you will not survive and wag die as a whole, like, do try and resist the urge of being like, oh, well, if you want more, like, come here and set up an ETH wallet and buy this NFT. Like, that is 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 likely a, a path to ruination. Um, I think there's a time and place for it, but like as we start, you know, getting more cross pollination with the the wider audience, just you know, like focus on the game, like enjoy the game for what it is. You know, don't try and you know onboard people into into the uh, uh, you know the Web three world through this. If they find their way into <laughs> our hellhole accidentally on their own merits, like fine, cool. Um, but yeah, well, let's let's avoid the the, the banner waving campaign because. Um, there's still a massive distaste out there for for our our stuff, which I mean, it, it's uh, you know, th- have you have you thought like, like let's let's talk real real talk about it. Like at some point, they're gonna figure out like the oh, real yeah. thing. So like, what's your what's your thoughts and feelings and strategy there? I think the way we go about it, right, and we're we're, we're we are probably eventually if you know we catch on in any way right i'm we're gonna have to answer this question and we're gonna we might get press whether it'd probably be bad press but um i kind of want to come at it like it was funded by a dow that was created through the nft project but the project itself is you know kind of like i feel like at the core way is anti-nft uh anti web three culture that stands that as it stands today. And I kind of want to come at it from that angle where it's like, why guy is the subversion of the norms. Um, and that the game and its creators didn't create the NFT project. We didn't, but we are a part of the community, but the game itself has nothing to do with the crypto space. And NFTs. We're actually a fun a, a fun idea is like to have a PFP maker in the game, right? So it's like you can kind of make your own wag guy PFP that's not an NFT from all the traits. And it's kind of like you it's kind of like the right click save argument like subversion. It's just like giving the people the exact same thing that they get in Web3, but it's just like you get it in a Web2 game. Right. Yeah. I mean, like you, you can do a lot that sort of, I mean, Wegdai, I think at his heart, you're right, is very anti old, you know, 
crypto space kind of stuff, you know, like the, everything from the mutant burning to the free content to CCO, uh, like, you know, that's all there in stark contrast to the space. But I think it is still like, if we're talking really, it is a hard uh, thing to communicate, even at a sit down interview, you know, like ours Technica sits down and, you know, you might have a chance to, to spit all that, but like, is that message going to come across? Who knows? I like the idea of the PFP creator inside um, of the game, you know, like I think that communicates a lot that, you know, this has nothing to do with, uh, you know, tokens or anything like that it doesn't require them. Um, right. And I think that that leads to, to more success. Um, yeah, it's, it'll be an interesting test case. Like, I mean, it, I don't, I, I think there's only so much, you know, like prep and prayer you can really lay on that side of things. It's, it's going to go the way it's going to go, whether the world is receptive to the reality of what we are or not. Um, and we don't really get to control that. So like, yeah, brace for it, but you know, also, you know, kind of going to make a cool game no matter what. So um, I wouldn't stress it too, too hard. Right. And could that be our angle, right? Is is it possible that our angle is like, man, I fucking hate NFTs, but this game fucking slaps. Right. <laughs> like, like, could that be our angle? You know? Um, and like, yeah, we just really need to drive home to, in our marketing. Like, we don't want to have NFT or crypto or Web3 anywhere in the marketing. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. So. Cool. What's up, hated? Hey, yo, what up? <clears throat> hey, um, yeah, quick uh, thoughts on this topic. Um, 100% agree with you. I think the game even could have its own standalone Discord, right? Because, I mean, that's how I came into Discord, right? It was, like, from video games or, like, <clears throat> a specific genre or video game or series. Um, I think that, like, you know, much like Wagdai, like, encourages you to kind of experience Wagdai as you want it. I think, like, it would be great for the game to, you know, <clears throat> uh, kind of insinuate and uh, encourage that. Like, you know, you can play, you will not survive. And if you want to find out more of the backstory, like, you're free to do that. Eventually, like, yeah, like you said, people will find out, like, what the uh, what the um, basis of the game comes from, right? Where the lore comes from, all that. Um but, you know, I think that most people are also going to somewhat be oblivious and they might just be like, oh, this is a dope game. Like, like, let's play this and not really look so much into, like, the subject matter as, like, we tend to do because, you know, we like to find the root of things. Um, so, yeah, just just some quick thoughts. I, I agree 100 percent with the conversation, though. No, totally. And, like, that's kind of why I started a Reddit just based around the game. I'll post the link and uh the, the Wagdai Discord, but yeah, it's like I have kept a lot of uh, like the TikTok marketing and the YouTube and now the Reddit, I am keeping them outside of the Web3 space and it's kind of like, like I was saying earlier like Twitter is not going to be our friend moving forward really, it's like a great place to connect with like Web2 game devs, but it does not uh, gamer like people who are going to buy the game and play the game are not on Twitter um, but, you know, I have seen fun kind of, uh, I've started seeing some fun cross-pollination with people like game devs I respect starting to follow, uh, the game and throw us some likes. So, you know, it's, it's good. Like the game visuals are speaking for themselves. 
right? It's like, that's what we want. We want the game to kind of stand on its own two legs. It's going to tell the story of Wagai, right? There's no getting around that. It's like, that's the story we want to tell. But like, if it could, I think that's kind of what every NFT project wants to do anyway, right? It's like, you want to create media that transcends the genre. And, and I'm just going to say this on a personal level, after Etherworks and everything I went through with other Web3 games and gaming companies, it's like, I think it's all wrong. It's all going in the wrong direction. Um, and I think this is the right way for, because at, at the end of the day, it's, it's just dope IP, right? That's what it is. It's dope intellectual property. It's a dope story. Let's tell it. Let's show it. It doesn't deserve to be kind of shunned in the Web3 space, which it is, right? Like the monkeys hate us. The, 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 <laughs> like, Everybody but, but like, yeah, it's, it's fucking bullshit, dude. And it's just like, I hate, I like, uh, hate's a strong word. I don't hate the Web3 space. There's a lot I really like about it, but I don't like the monkeys and the, like, I don't like the board apes that just run everything. Like it really bothers me on a deep level. Mm-hmm. And like, I don't know, it's, it's like, I'm, I'm happy that you guys are all on board with like us kind of like branching out and kind of being the first to really branch out and not just be, oh, it's a token gated uh, Ponzi scheme. Like, I don't want to do that. I was on a so, symbiogenesis space y- yesterday. Uh, you know, they're made, they're Squaresoft or Square Enix, sorry but they're making, you know, their first kind of project and venture into the NFT and Web3 space. And really, um, the, the, the key difference here that I could uh, identify was that they're an established game company jumping into this. And so they're making their video game, Symbiogenesis, all connected to Web3 and kind of as an onboarding process so that people that already know Square Enix can jump into NFTs and dive right in, right? I think our perspective is quite frankly the opposite of that, right? We started in the NFT space. We already made in the name, but now we want to like, how you said, venture out. And I think that requires a completely different strategy. And so, yeah, like along like the Steam things, do you, do you want us to make like Steam accounts, share the game on our like social pages that don't have to Oh, Yeah. Uh, if you don't wish list the fucking game when it comes out, like what are we doing here, guys? <laughs> we need seven thousand wish lists All right. to like make a debt. It so it's like, <laughs> like, and then, it, but it's also like, you know, when the game comes out, like, um, King, you can speak to this. Like the first hour, you need ten positive reviews. Yeah, like launch day, we are all buying the game immediately and having to review it. Like that's the buy and review instantly is like super, super important. Otherwise, the algorithm says, oh, you suck um, and you're not good enough to be on the new releases chart. And if you don't get on the new releases chart, you don't have a snowball. Um, So, yeah, I mean, I think we've got people enough people. And like, I think generally, like, I think we can leverage the Web3 connections that, that, that are here but not rely on them and not make them uh-huh. the key. Um, and, and, and to, to fate's point about like continuing the sort of separation of church and state, right? Like at some point, like you are going to need, if you're going to be launching on steam, you need a publisher identity, right? There's a whole, you know, this isn't a 
it's it's a project that you know us as the conclave have backed but you know there's a whole company organization side of things and like um you know sales page permissions that have to go through these like administrative steps that are going to provide you avenues to separate from what from you will not survive from wag die this nft project um in 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 some really clean ways that um you know we we won't have super venn diagram we will have a we'll have two circles in a venn diagram rather than you know just this one big pot totally and i think like our ultimate goal with this right is you know you you can always tell a scammer in web3 when they all they talk is onboarding and uh getting more people in but it's like they never do anything and it's like what is getting the metamask and getting the eat it's like it's all a money honeypot vibe feeling but it's like we kind of want this to be bigger than what it is right now. We want common people to just play a cheap indie game, not buy a $1,000 NFT. Like, yeah. I mean, that's a, that's an achievable goal, right? The cool thing about that goal is that the only thing you need to do is make a cool game, right? I mean, you need to do a little bit of work marketing it and, and, and be letting people know it exists, but unlike, an NFT experience where you need to have like conceptual plan for tokenomic structures and, and how does this Ponzi work, right? Like you don't need to deal with all that shit in order to make a functional project, right? Like if your goal is just make a cool game and sell it, then all that you need to do is make a cool game and sell it. And I like that. And that's why I'm stoked and everybody backed this project. <laughs> yeah. Fuck yeah. Wag me, bro. Wag me. <laughs> Oh god! No, we're all going to play a really cool indie game. Yeah, <laughs> we're all going to indie. <laughs> That's our new slogan. Yeah, no, this, like, yeah, it's it's heading in the right direction, right? It's like the game is going to be good. The story of the game is going to be good. There are many systems at play within the game that are going to be good. We'll get the marketing right. We as a community will back the game when it comes on the Steam. We'll make sure that it gets pushed into the algorithm. We have people to do this, right? A lot of games start with nothing and no one, and they get rolling. We have uh, rolling, uh, but it, you know what I mean. And they're like, they still make it. Like we have a let, we have a step up, and we need to utilize that step up. Um, cool. Yeah, I'm, I'm stuck. By the way, guys, like uh, I think let, let's we'll kick it. We're we're in free flow mode now. So like, if you guys have questions, uh, we're coming to the end of the time on the show. But this is an extra special episode. Um, so I'm, I, I want to run long if we if you don't mind beef, um, if you're not bored of talking yet. Um, so feel free. You guys can come on up, ask any questions you got of the game or 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 whatever else is going on in Wagdai world. Um, and yeah, we can we can just keep cooking a little longer. Um, one of the things that I, so we talked about the project timeline, like road to end of June is like not that long, man. Are you like, you sure? <laughs> I, I mean, that's like a hopeful, right? And I don't, and I, and I said throughout me, like kind of laying out that roadmap, like I don't want to put words into our mouths, but like that, that's my dream scenario. And like, yeah, if I'm not going to be heartbroken if we don't hit it, but like that, I, I kind of think aim for it, shoot for the stars. You're going to end up in the clouds. If we can, you know, it, Steam Summerfest 
the demo shit, uh, whatever they do in August. Okay. That's yeah, what yeah, I really yeah. want to fucking hit. Right. Yeah. That's the biggest event on Steam over the course of the year. Right. So really, we want to get something up by then, in some form. Yeah, that's that a big great. play. That's a big and it's just, play. And, and that's like, and that demo. I'm not even talking early access, which early access, you know, is going to be, you know, more obviously more of the game, and that's kind of when we start that secondary, hopefully, that secondary revenue um, coming in, so we can, you know, keep continuing development. It's also we're we're in a good spot with the funds. Like we haven't really spent much at any we spent 12k of it so we still have 28 um we're rolling pretty good on very limited funds um, good, good yeah that's good uh yeah no uh, steam steam Summerfest is a is a is a huge play like if you get track like there's been games that have been you know completely made from their showing there um uh, so I think I think that's a, a good target. Uh, you know, pre- preliminary Steam demo in uh, late June, uh, and then a, an update build for for August Steam Summer Showcase would be really good. But I mean, you gotta you might have to start getting your ducks in a row for the admin shit like like soon soon, because um, there's a lead time on on submissions for all that. I think. Yeah. Yep. 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 We're. <laughs> Yeah, it's like kind of one thing at a time right now, but yeah, that May is going to be, I mean, we got to get the game to testing right now. So we're going to take the baby step right now, get the game to testing, and then we'll see kind of where it's at with everybody. Because like, you know, the nightmare with testing, is like, oh, we get it to testing and then everybody's like, I have no idea what the fuck is going on. And it's like, oh shit, now we have to, you know what I mean? So it's like, okay, let's, let's get the testing if every if we're pretty much consensus consensus like oh wait this fucking rules this is like a fucking vibe then it's like all right then we take that next step right on um quick question yeah dude you're going um so in regards to teaching a player how to play um i think like my biggest uh kind of complaint with steam is that some like the game manuals aren't provided um, is there like any plan to like include like a PDF that you could download? Um, cause even like for non-English speakers, like sometimes like, you know, you, you don't understand what you're doing, but like, if you just see like the button combination on like a PDF or like any kind of page, just any kind of document that could like show you like click, like what to click or buttons or stuff like very, uh, prominent icons in the game so that anybody can like just. Not even even if you don't read English or understand English, like you can pick it up and figure it out. Yeah, and we're kind of doing that with our tutorial, right? Because like, um, it, it, we click through them fast in the demos I posted, but each one of those uh, sigils that you touch when you're playing the game, it will it throws up the window and it shows you a button to push. So we have like the icon for the mouse, so it shows like a little mouse. And then it shows like the little uh, the little dash on the left side, so you know like oh, okay, I have to click on the left side of the mouse. Um, we're also keeping the controls very minimal, right? So it's like I think there's four buttons outside of the movement keys, so there's eight in total. Uh, so when you get a gamepad, it will be four buttons. Um, yeah, I like the idea of like we kind of did that with Etherworks, right? Like we made our 
white paper, like a nineties vintage strategy guide. Like I'm totally down to like get a nineties strategy guide style, like one sheeter for the game. I think that'd be sick. Cool. Cool. Thanks. Yeah. Good tutorials are, I mean, essential, but uh, yeah. Um, dude, I'm excited. Uh, I don't know. I don't really have any more questions. If anybody else wants to come on up and ask anything like now's your, now's your chance. But uh, uh, yeah, dude, uh, what, I mean, you got any hot pro gamer tips? <laughs> what weapons are you liking right now? I mean, I, okay. So I like our, um, so when I'm designing them, like, yeah, I make like the quick ones, like, um, so we have like the toxic daggers, which are like these, your, uh, not your, the, these are the crow, uh, crow assassin style. So like, they're very fast. They're, they don't hit super hard, but they poison, uh, those are cool, but they're not like my preferred weapon. I like, you know, uh, we call it the seal of the righteous, which is the giant fucking laser beam. And then I just conceptualized this, uh, new weapon called the eye of guilt, which if you, you obviously you guys all know that trait, um, which is just, <laughs> it's like a short range multi like holy laser beam. So it's like very short range. Uh, it will be, insanely powerful um but you know we're like it, it, it's abilities like that that i really like which are like very uh heavy hitting within the game um there's another one i have fun just like conceptualizing these and then getting the art for them and then like kind of being like oh rama here's like the here's the animation can it feel like this and then here's the level up structure and like how it fits into a metascore um so death dealer scythe everybody knows that back trait uh so that will be like this huge arcing slash uh like super slow uh that will leave enemies cursed um and then her truth which is that uh sword uh that seared sword with like the face on it uh that's going to be um it's not going to be like a direct slash it's going to be kind of like it'll create a slash on the nearest enemy when you click uh, it's button to use it. Um, so it kind of like out of thin air, like the nearest enemy to you will just get like a slash that will like run through them. Um, I really like that. Uh, I love our thunder ability. Uh, we're also going to use the, um, there, there's a new defensive weapon. Anytime I'm making new stuff, I really like it. Uh, it's her infinite light, which is just like this, huge massive pillar of light uh these holes open up on either side like so one one opens up in the sky one opens up in the ground and like it's just like a holy light just like smashes between the holes so it's going to be like this hyper powerful defensive weapon uh that only goes like every what did i set it to in the metal score actually i don't think i set the metal score yet but it's like it's like a six second cooldown so it's like hyper powerful but it's like you know it's really slow and it's just like, it will happen like to random enemies throughout the area. So yeah, whenever I get those going, I really like it. Cause like the idea is kind of like this cohesion for me of like being like this Agora, Yorn and Yogg, holy light wielding like <laughs> a character. Um, and then I also, we haven't really gotten to this yet in design wise, like programming, but I really want to play around with like, um, oh crap, what's her name? 
uh, the aim, not the ancients, uh, Pew. So Pew's weapons would all be summons. So, uh, okay. you, so it'd be like the weasel hound from the beast. So I'd start using that beast collection that came out. Um, so like the weasel hound would be like this very fast moving, like wolf dog creature that you summon that kind of just leaps around and like attacks enemies for you. And then we'd also use like the swamp the priest to the swamp the priesty. I think that's how you would say it. But that would be like this giant monolith of stone that just like slams like its foot into the ground and creates like a shockwave. So it's like these fun like little ideas playing with the lore and including them with the weapons, right? So like because like when I think of Pew, I thought like you know it's it's wilderness, it's like untamed wilderness, it's beasts, it's like control of like nature. Uh, and also, I also, uh, this is inside baseball, but I got a list of elemental alignments from the keepers <laughs> on all of the 17. So, yeah, it's, I know, I know some lore things now, uh, that will come in handy from some of the 17 that we haven't even met yet. But yeah, I love that kind of shit. Are you? Are, I'm curious. Like I, I seen, uh, we we didn't really talk about the the dialogue system, and there's a little bit of like you know back and forth with that with that character there that you very clearly mashed a to skip through. Um, are you finding any part of the wag guy experience like hard to uh, include in the game, or like what you know what what isn't going to make it? You know what doesn't fit in this you know uh, medium. I thought a lot about like what, so there's a lot of things that like conceptually work really well, right? Like the, the first night worked super well because like there were so many like monster noises going on. So it's like, Oh yeah, duh. It's like, you're surrounded by monsters and like, we got this, uh, we got, we, we, we recreated the fire um, and like the sacrificial altar and we recreated the church. So we have all those in pixel, um, which they look, really fucking amazing where we can't wait to use them in level design but like that's like easy right it's because like you can have monsters coming out of the fire you can have monsters like they were there right it was like a night of madness it was a night of like and you can conceptualize with your brain like you can just think like oh okay and then you go from point a to point b and then when the ape burned like it kind of turned into like this angelic moment and it was like, okay, so that could be like, you're in the sky and like, you know, it, it keeps the story kind of like tells itself and you could kind of just always bring monsters and madness into it. Um, Rama, <laughs> Rama, you know everything I'm talking about. You don't have to listen to the spaces. Uh, so I guess when I think of like more, Like, cause like the Coliseum makes sense, right? It's like, you're in a Coliseum where you can bring other, you know, really difficult, like NPC style, like enemies in, we have all of the wag dice sprites, um, the church war, super, uh, self-explanatory that just literate. And then you can, you know, bring a giant to treaty boss in with, uh, you know, all of the wag dice sprites. So that's easy. Um, something like the like the crow the trial of the crows like nothing happened right 
Like right. it was just like such a stuff fail. happened, but I mean, like, well, I said with that, I mean, it's here's where I, I mean, I don't think that the the trial of the crows is a particularly tough one to tell. Just like, don't tell our story. <laughs> You know, like, don't tell the story of the people who fell in a hole and didn't do anything the entire time. Like, there were still people running around. We heard screams and death upstairs, right? <laughs> like, tell their story, maybe, and not ours. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think I'd have to get, like, I don't know. You have to find out, like, what actually happened. But, like, a lot of the things are self explained But, like, yeah, like, stuff like that would be tough to tell. And then it's, like... uh the the volcano i mean uh uria's story easy right you have you actually you have a boss uh mm-hmm. so it's like you have it the, like it's built out for you pews is fucking weird <laughs> like what do you fight the glutton <laughs> maybe you do maybe you fight the glutton it's like a shooting auto tune at you and music notes dodge the music notes yeah dodge the music notes it's yeah, a, it's, it's a, just like this trippy, weird forest adventure, right? And it's just like every it's it's kind of just like a mushroom trip, right? But uh, we're on a mushroom trip right now. So well, some music notes right. kill you, and some like you know maybe you f- fuck you up, <laughs> and you don't know which one's which because it's it suddenly right. it suddenly becomes a metal slug level where you've got to just like run right while the the, the glutton is chomping the whole stage. Yeah. Um, but I think all of these, like, at their core, they can all be made into levels, right? Because it's like, I don't know, the, it, like, future state, it's like, is there a future state where you can leave the arena, like, these little tiny preset arenas, and it becomes more of, like, a roguelite, uh, I don't know if you've played, like, like a kind of like a classic roguelite, where it's like, you can move between rooms, and then, like, the environment changes, and you move into a new scenario, like, is that something that could happen? Um Oh yeah, like are, yeah. How are you thinking about level structure too? Like, is this like a a pick a level from a list kind of thing, or is this a campaign where I've, you know, I play through the church and then I play through the trial of the crow and then I play through the? Oh yeah, 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 uh, yeah. Each event would be its own level. So each event would be its own like twenty minute uh, excursion where you would go against, you know. 20 to 30 waves of enemies with a boss cap at the end. Yeah, I get the individual levels, but like, I mean, the presentation of how levels are themselves, like, is this a Super Mario World map? Is this, you know, white list of stages? You know, like, we're going to use, we're going to use the World of Wagdai map as the level selector. uh, And you just like go, go place. Yeah, we haven't had any like, repeat locations have you having two events in them so i think that works still right but like you could um what you do is you just like lock everything else in the world right so it's like i like like vampire survivors like is very simplistic in that it's just a list right i think it's more fun to do like oh the map the world of lag guy opens before you when you click start game right and then it's like the the players initially like you're you start at the church of her and then you get to click and you kind of get like that level breakdown and then you can like here's the difficulty here's you know a little synopsis of what is going to happen here during the story and then it's like you click it and then you kind of go into that level and then you start the waves not to throw wrenches at you but like you you then run into the same problem that like we have with our own lore telling right like 
we only have so many map pieces <laughs> and if you're going to make that the like uh map of the the game world then there's like you know if if the game is coming to steam in, uh, in june and let's say this year and even if it comes this year like i would be shocked if we have all of the map pieces gathered by need, the end of the year but i don't think we need to launch the game with a completed map no right? i don't think you need to either but like that's that that sets you up for that like kind of a commitment but i think it's that also opens you up for dlc right it's I mean, like okay yeah. like because that's what you kind of want right it's because like that's I just it's a it's a it's a chat it's like it's one of those things where it's like it's cool to do with UI but then like you know it, it sets up a a whole stack of its own little things. Did we lose you? While well, we see if beef is gone, fate what's up? Uh, I was just gonna say that you know I think even if the <clears throat> video game or could somehow come out with like a more detailed map or like a more complete map, I should say. Um, you know, it would also kind of do a, a double whammy because it would also incentivize Wagdai people to potentially, you know, d- dig into the game maybe more so than, you know, maybe an average player if there are like Easter eggs and, you know, extra stuff about that, uh, about Wagdai that we can learn, you know, by playing the game. Um, and I don't think that contacting the two for that would be a problem with it. No, but it's about like you know, uh, time and place for 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 release of the maps and stuff that kind of thing. Like we have never gotten a map before. Oh, uh, you guys haven't it. gotten a map. <laughs> we have no, we've never gotten a map. Oh, um, I've seen a sketch of the whole thing. Well, la di da. I uh, yeah, there's a sketch. Um, it exists, but yeah. <laughs> I guess I probably shouldn't have said that, but I've gotten information I shouldn't have. Listen, um, so now we have to we know who to who to harass in the DMs for, for map updates. It's it's beef. Go, oh go. man. I'm not making the map. They just sent me the, the sketch. Listen, you've put your foot in your mouth, and now I'm gonna make you taste those feet. Um, All right. <laughs> Well, I, I think we'll actually be de- debuting like the full bodies of the seventeen before they do. <laughs> yeah, I mean, who knows? Who knows? Um, well, okay, cool. So, yeah, I mean, we need more map pieces for sure. We're we're at that stage, but uh, it is what it is. Um, I guess before we like super wind down, is there anything else you want to like let us know or like anything? What can the community do to support this? amazing project at this stage marketing it's like i'm gonna post the reddit um well, it, I, retw- it, I retweet is that not enough what else do you want me to do? <laughs> <laughs> it's 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 gonna be um content creation once the game is playable um that's gonna be huge right it's because it's like you want to see the game everywhere uh all right you know and it, it, it's yeah, get in the Reddit that I just made. I'll post the link after I'm done. And then uh, I feel shitty about my the YouTube I'm doing. But, like, yeah, I'm posting YouTube videos. Make TikToks. You guys don't have TikTok accounts. So yeah, you watching, make TikTok accounts. Like, like the fucking TikToks on the You Will Not Survive page. Like, th- that's 
what we need. Honestly, no, that's like likes, likes and comments help a fuck ton. Um, yeah. So yeah, they're just it's it's it, it's uh, mob marketing, right? And it's people don't want to like something until they see somebody else like it. They don't want to be the first. I'm I, I mean I'm jumping the gun a little bit here now for myself, but I'm 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 working on something. Isk knows what I'm talking about, kinda. But I'm working on something where there will be like a cool new re- reward available to people. Um, so I, I might just throw some some rewards at at this uh, for people who like you know support the game and uh, that kind of thing. I will sacrifice um, my privacy to the Chinese government for Wagai. Or for you, well, oh, you already sacrificed it to the U.S. government. Who's worth? <laughs> who takes more money from you? <laughs> All right, we're good. We're gone. <laughs> I will also make a Reddit account because I've never had a Reddit account, but I'll make one. I noticed that about NFT people. Like, y'all don't fuck with Reddit. I come from Reddit. It's so weird. Yeah. How do I have Reddit, NFTs? Reddit, for me, Reddit's just the thing that, like, I scroll through before bed. Like, it's not, uh, I don't participate there, but I like uh, consuming content there. Oh, also, I've totally co opted the She, she, she Smiles uh, DFB. I use it on everything now. <laughs> hey, so, CCO. That's not what CCO means, but okay. <laughs> you can you can you can do that. I can I'll do that too. After your game becomes super successful, now I will use it. So. I think yeah, maybe that's what we do. We all just use the she smiles PFP. I yeah. give you full license rights Stop. to your uh, or whatever CCO rights. <laughs> I, I, don't need, I, I don't need them. I, I'll take them. I don't need it. <laughs> I've got. I can do whatever. Whatever. I want. It's, you it's can't the stop. intention that matters. On, you know. All you've got. Listen, I'm gonna. I'm, I'm gonna paraphrase our future players. Listen, all you own is a receipt on a, a bunch of computer code. You don't own anything, man. It's nothing. It's not. You don't even own the JPEG. You can't look. I right click saved your 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 profile picture that you spent money on. You. Absolute buffoon! But this well, they won't have they won't have to buy a PFP. They'll just make one in game by earning. Like <laughs> they'll make they'll make infinitely cooler wag die than we have ever had. <laughs> just yeah. just with creator. Yeah, I mean that's the way it goes, right? That's the way it should be. I hate NFTs and that they're locked into how they are. I hate locked in metadata. It's so dumb. Yeah. But whatever, whatever. That's that's just that's a hot take. That's my hot NFT take. And we walked so they could run. <laughs> it never pays to be uh, hardcore, but whatever. Nah. Bleeding edge bleeds. Um, cool, dude. I'm super excited. Thank you for coming on. Uh, there's like uh, some boring conclave stuff I won't bore anybody with. Uh, and uh, cheers, cheers to Itabashi and Dash Lamb for their successful trade. Um, welcome Pixel Fishing and Ennis Agdoyan to the to the Discord community, uh, buddy. Any any final take me outs before we uh, we really die here? Uh, thanks for supporting us, guys. I mean, it's been uh, what Rama has done in the last three months has blown me away. As somebody who's watched game development from kind of afar and kind of close up, as like a somebody who worked adjacent to it, um, how he transformed the game and made everything come to life is, it's, it's, it's insane to me. And watching this all like kind of come together into fruition is like, I, and, and I know we're, we're not even like 10% of the way there, but like, holy crap. I like, 
we're this game's gonna fucking roll. That's yeah, that's that's the gist of it. Like I have all the faith that we're gonna make like a really great video game and we're on the path. Dude, that's awesome. So yeah, I mean super, super big cheers to Roland uh and also beef. <laughs> uh dude, uh thank you for coming in. Uh thank you for sharing. Fate, thank you for coming on up. Everybody Thank you for chilling with us here today. Thank you for coming to my funeral. And, um, oh, wait, there's actual, like, a little bit of Wagdai news, isn't there? Like, there was a post since the funeral that I don't understand. Um, uh, so after the funeral, there's, like, that the, 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 the spread explosion. And all of Stalwart Fortress is currently covered in spores. Uh, but then this, like, uh, shrouded dude with a wooden mask and a torch kind of, like, showed up. Uh, I don't know what that is. Um, if anybody's got any good ideas yet, um, this is where I would usually get Josiah to speculate wildly, but um, he's not here. Oh, happy birthday, Josiah. I think it's his birthday today, right? Um, uh, yeah, I, I, I think let's pay attention this week because I think something uh, exciting is happening in the narrative uh, and I want to know what this wooden face dude is all about uh, and why he was at my funeral. <laughs> um but yeah, that's uh, that's the hot news. Oh yeah, beef. Tell us since since you know the the map. Where where is the uh, wooden face dude from? I don't fucking know. <laughs> I don't ask about new lore. I just ask for game assets, and they send me files. Perfect. I got Perfect. a cool dagger though. I don't know when that's coming in. They sent me a dagger that's not in the uh, the lore yet. Interesting. Well, cheers, everybody. Remember, uh, stay tuned this week. Cool shit's happening. And uh, rest in peace to everybody who got infected at the, at the funeral. Uh, uh, we'll see you later, everybody. We're, we're all going to die. Goodbye. Thanks for having me. Bye. Goodbye, traveler. May your journey bode you well.